0: Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. What keeps us going when we're playing a game? Now, talked about this before a little bit, like you know, first season stuff like that. However, I think it's a good time to revisit it. Just talking about you know, D and D big part of what keeps the game going is obviously the conflict that goes on. I mean, character chemistry is great. The world around you, great. Without a central conflict, it's really hard to foster those relationships and build that world. Because, like, okay, cool, I'm hanging out with my pals. We're playing a game. But what are we doing with it? Like, why am I bothering to get to know these other players around me when there's no conflict to really worry about? Now, making that conflict can be a bit of a challenge. You don't want a conflict that's over-the-top and unwieldy and the players do not know how to handle it and you as a DM don't know how to handle it, but you also don't want a conflict that just seems very kind of -of run-of-the-mill and simple. You're like, okay, I go here, I kill the thing, it's done. Like Those adventures are well and good and all. I feel that we can get a little deeper than that typical run-of-the-mill thing. To really keep the players going. And then the balance that goes into that, all on its own, is a, a huge thing that takes a lot of work to get done. Now, last week, I mentioned fear and how building that fear up for players is a whole thing on its own, a whole challenge on its own. Yet, that same mentality can be applied to creating this central villain or this central conflict for the players to take on. Now, I'm going to build off of what we spoke about last week with Shin, the monk who was lost in the abyss. He just got out of the abyss. We, we just met the other day, and he got out of the abyss. He was reunited with the rest of the party, and he felt great. He's like, finally, you know, I'm out of hell. I'm back on the real world. It's soothing, you know, at peace and everything like that. And then I decided to up the ante. I mentioned there was this knoll that he fought, and I'm not sure if I mentioned the name or not. His name was Kadesh, and Shin fought Kadesh one-on-one a couple of times. The first time he did, he could have killed Kadesh. He decided not to, though. He decided to let the guy live. He's like, you know what? I'm good alignment. I feel like there's no need to kill this guy if I beat my opponent, so on and so forth. So he took the noble route. And now that he took the noble route, when he escaped the abyss and the portal was open, Kadesh, along with a... Bunch of his lackeys that made up a big hunting party came charging through the portal after him. A huge fight broke out where the players were almost taken down. Like the gnolls were starting to win. The cleric NPC that was in the party drops a magic circle and has this protective barrier that goes up to, you know, get rid of the gnolls, like kind of push them away so they can't get to the players and kill them. So Kadesh is like, okay, fine. He decides to head off and start wreaking havoc and going forward with his maniacal plans. Now, a lot goes on because of this. Up until this point in this campaign, Shin had this big conflict. When he was being hunted in the Abyss, he had this conflict that was very understandable. The other two players, by the name of Lucius and Amber, they didn't have much of a tangible villain or conflict to go with. Like, yeah, they were trying to get Shin out of the Abyss, but it's a rogue and a war- and a fighter. Like, they don't know how all that stuff works. There was a NPC warlock that was kind of helping them out in the back doing that. Like, essentially, you know, me in the back was trying to figure things out for them while they were just going out and taking care of a few things here and there. But there wasn't much driving them. They're like, okay, we're just doing things to buy the time to eventually get Shin out of the abyss. And Lucius, who's the rogue, is the one with the demon inside of him because he made the deal. And, I mean, now and then that kind of pops up and that provides some conflict, but not enough for the whole party to really work off of. Like, occasionally the demon can give Lucius some problems because she's mentally linked to him. But for the rest of the group, they're kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, she can't talk to us. She can't hurt us. She's really only impacting you. Now that we have Kadesh out and about and he's running around the real world, Things have gotten a hell of a lot more intense for these guys. All of a sudden, the three of them, there was a much bigger buy-in. Up until this point, there was obviously dialogue. Like we're all friends from college, so we all know each other, and there was dialogue in the previous dungeons and stuff like that. But it was mostly just like, "Okay, are we good? Are you going to live? Can we get to the next room?" Like it was very simple dialogue that was just were, meant getting to the next part and surviving the next combat they were getting into, whether it was a trap monsters or whatever. I mean, these are three combat-heavy classes, a monk, a rogue who has magic, and a fighter that's... It's a two-weapon... Two-handed... Sorry, two-handed weapon fighter. These are combat guys. They're not too concerned about what's going on. They're just trying to live through all of it. Okay, it was working for a while. Now with Kadesh, the dialogue has completely shifted. After Kadesh escaped and he ran off... The three of them were standing there like, well, holy shit. First off, Shin, you're alive. Are you okay? What was it like? And, you know, them exchanging, like, what the hell has been going on when they were separated. And then right after that conversation happened and they were done with the whole share out of what the fuck just happened in everyone's lives, there was something like, wait a minute. There is a very powerful demon, hyena, monster creature running around out there. And, uh... He almost killed all of us, so we can't really fight him. Uh yeah. What the fuck are we gonna do? Like that was the dialogue for quite some time, and then like we had one combat. We we met at I don't know. We started up around like let's say nine o'clock, and we wrapped up around two a.m. So that's a good what five hours, and there was just one combat. It was with Kadesh and some of his lackeys. The rest was all role playing because they were. It was all this buildup. It was this building out where for the most part I just sat there like. Me as a GM, I didn't have to do much because I've now created this great conflict that all of them understand. In terms of Lucius and Amber, they now have this conflict to deal with that they know it's bad. Obviously, like, Kadesh shows up and almost murders all three of them. So they know it's bad, and there's other people out there that want them dead. And then on Sh- in Shin's case... He knows the in and outs of how Kadesh fights. So at one point, I kind of dropped the hint. I'm like, yeah, Shin, you might want to uh, just kind of talk about the fights you had with him because you're the only one who's had any experience and you're the only one who has a shot of taking this guy down because you know how he fights. So the dialogue continued to build off of that. It was something like... The, fighters, the fighter who's really big into grabbing people is the same guy who, like, holds onto zombies and throws them into the coffins in middle of combat. was like, wait, should I grab him? And she's just like, no, don't you fucking do that. He has spiked armor. He will rip your arm off. It is a really bad idea. Like, the dialogue continued as they try to plan out how to take this guy down. From there, when they notice, like, the three of us cannot do shit. Like, he has an entire war band with him and God knows what else because now he has possession of the amulet that allows him to travel between planes. So God knows if he's going to start summoning other people. Now these guys met a few NPCs here and there. And suddenly they're going back to the city and they're trying to hit up all these old NPCs that they know of. They even went to their contact who's been helping them out here. And then like, look, we need some people. Who do you have? And they suddenly start just building this, you know, little renegade, group of fighters like they have a paladin now they got a cleric they get recruited a bard. like they recruit a couple random people that they know throughout the campaign putting this together and they start hiking out and they're starting to like talk to one another you know talk to the npcs talk to figure out who can do what how can we assist each other and everything like that and then the reality started to set in and they're like holy shit like this this like they knew it was bad and they're still trying to think like we're currently going after God knows what. He is much faster than us. He has time to prepare. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen. The that unsettling feeling is hitting them. On the flip side though, they're very energized. Like when I mentioned about fear, overcoming fear in a DD campaign or any atmospheric style game, when you overcome that fear, you kind of have this renewed energy of like, I'm going to persevere through this or I'm going to die trying. And that's not so much a matter of excitement. That's just a matter of I know the conflict and I need to settle it. For these guys now, it's not the fear that's running them. At first, they were kind of like worried, like, shit, what's going to go on? But now, like, they were talking to me in-game, and then after the session, we were talking a little bit. They're fucking excited. They're like, this is something now that we, we have an idea of what's going on. Like, yeah, in the world, it's bad. It's a bad thing to have Kadesh running around. It's a bad thing that demons might start showing up randomly to fuck with us. But they're so excited because now they kind of have this really big purpose in the world before it was kind of just oddball things here and there without much going on which when you're a low level in DD, i feel that happens a lot it you don't have a lot of abilities you don't know much about the world so it's hard to get a lot of things done when you're a low level but now that they're of a substantial level they're officially level eights now they know how the world works they have contacts they understand a few things the monsters can be a lot more elaborate and complex because they can handle it and they're just so giddy so we left off – what I left them off with was a fort. They were following the tracks of the war party, and there was a split. It went straight ahead into this clearing, and then it kind of curved to the right still in the woods. And they're sitting there, and they're like, well, the, foot, the heavier footprints are going to the right. So that's probably where Kadesh is going, and Kadesh is kind of the ringleader. We should take care of him. And then there's this clearing right in front of us. And they're like, you know what? Let's check the clearing because if we do follow Kadesh's footprints and something bad is to the, in the clearing, we might get flanked. So they check the clearing and they find out there was a stronghold that used to be run by orcs that was now taken over by the gnolls. Now it's like, okay, how are we going to handle this? Like, yeah, we could leave it. And if we leave it and they find out we're around, they're going to come kill us. Let's try and take care of this fort. Immediately the dialogue started of, all right, forest edge to the front gate is 150 feet of clearance. Like there's just nothing, no cover, nothing to help them out. The gnolls have bows and arrows, they have ballistas and stuff like that, that they took from the orcs. Shit, okay, let's figure this out. And now they're starting to talk about, like, okay, the rogue, who has, and I've mentioned before, the rogue has always had this wanting of more things to do, and he always uses spells. Now he's like, well, I have now, like, he bought some gear. He's like, well, I have a really good stealth checks. Let me just walk around the side and check the side of the fort to see if there's anything I can do. You know, maybe I can break it in inside of the fort. Or, like, what I'm planning for him is there's going to be a footing where he can climb up onto the top of the wall where the gnolls are and just take them all out easily and give the others a clear shot in. One of their NPCs is this very tanky paladin. And then, of course, as the fighter, like, okay, I guess we'll march forward to get their attention, let the rogue sneak around to take out all the defenses, and then we barge in the front gate and go from there. You know, these guys that I was worried about for a little bit, didn't have much to do in the world, and when I gave them opportunities, they're like, you know, we're all friends, so we joke around. I'm like, when I give these opportunities, I feel like that sometimes they miss it, they decide not to follow up with it, or, you know, whatever it is. Now it's like I'm putting something in front of them, and they're seriously sitting down and thinking it through and really considering the repercussions for either passing up on it or taking it on and giving the villain more time that the, who they understand is out there. And that's the key to making conflict. Like fear, you want the villain present. A lot of games I've played, when I hate the villain, it's because the villain doesn't have a lot of screen time. Not to harp on the fact, but it's been on my mind for some stupid reason. Valkyrie Chronicles 4, that came out a couple months ago, the main villain didn't have a lot of screen time. And so when he finally showed up at the very end of the game, like, you knew you knew about him, but he didn't know a lot. So when he, fi- when he finally shows up at the end of the game, after the war is over, mind you, the war between the Empire and the Federation is over, he just shows up to fuck shit up. I'm like, this is, like, I just didn't really have the energy, like, I beat it, but I'm like, I don't have the energy or the drive to settle the conflict, because we have a last-minute villain just showing up. You don't want that in D&D. Like, okay, there's a big evil lord guy that we have to fight. And a lot of times in that situation, when it's big bad evil and there's a bunch of level one party members, they don't see the big bad evil until near the end. And for the most part, they're more dealing with his lackeys here and there. I like to make it where they do understand the big bad villain. They do have an interact with him. Even even my other D&D group that I'm running at the high school I teach at. Not necessarily the villain, but an opposing party that is in the world, they have had numerous interactions with. They almost killed one of the guys at one point, but they just missed their shot to kill him. And it really drives it. Now they're like, they they understand the weight of what's going on. When they see these two Dragonborn show up, they're like okay, let's take a breather here. Like, let's try not to fight them. Like, yes, we want to take them out. We're really mad at these guys for what they've done to us, but we're not ready to take them on. So how we can, how can we settle this conflict without violence, especially considering one of the Dragonborn is incredibly violent and powerful? That helps build this conflict in the story that the players will keep working on because they know the end goal, like fear. They know the end goal to beat their fear. They know the end goal to the conflict. They know... They have an idea of what they have to do. Getting there is the question. And since the villain pops up here and there, sometimes directly, sometimes through lackeys that they meet, there is that constant pressure on them. So now my friends from college, when they're dealing with Kadesh, Kadesh is currently on the run. He's just wreaking havoc, finding a place to settle down and start working on this demonic army. So the easy part for them, they just have to follow the the carnage. Like These are gnolls, and gnolls in just about any setting, are big on just burning down everything. Kadesh gives a little more structure to them, so they will salvage things, like the orc stronghold. are like, this is a, actually a pretty good thing. Let's keep this. But for the rest of it, just, yeah, just burn it all down. So they're just following the carnage to hunt him down on a time limit, essentially, because he's planning things. But they know when they get there, how do we handle this? You know, Shin, the monk, I wouldn't say it's cocky, but confident... He's like, I look. I fought this guy a couple times. I was close to beating him, but I never got the shot to actually take him down. So we can do this, and now now that we have a team, like we can handle this. Especially since there's six of them now. There's the three players and the three NPCs they recruited that I'm handling, which I'm not gonna complain. It does give them a better shot and allows us to make more complex dungeons for them to have fun with. Oh, yeah, they're they're working towards how to take this guy out they know that the only solution to kadesh is to kill him and they know to succeed at that will take a lot a lot a lot of work and now my job just with telling the story is just to drop those pieces here and there as they follow the bread trail like and give them options like okay there's this thing you can do and if you do it it'll take some extra time and then on the other side i can give kadesh some more bonuses or whatever they know that. They understand that every minute we spend relax, like taking care of something, is a minute he has to continue. In fact, at, when Kadesh first showed up, and the rogue was like, sh- like, okay, you know what? We should probably like go to Twin Fangs. We should probably start talking to people. We, we should like let people know what the hell's going on. We should start getting things in order. And the Fire and the Monk were like, we're at one HP. The sun's going down. Our guy's dead. Like the warlock like, that was helping him, he's dead. We'll figure it out in the morning. <laughs> they, they were like, let's just rest and figure it out in the morning. That gave Kadesh a huge lead. But they knew that with this conflict, if they were to rush headfirst into it, they're gonna die. I mean, they were they almost already did. Think about that as you're creating your own world. Like I wanna focus on how to do this. When making a game, especially like in D D, that is a especially if it's an ongoing campaign, not so much a one-off, but an ongoing campaign in D. Think of how you can tease the villain. I'd say around, like, level 3 and 5th edition, when players are getting their archetypes, that's when the game starts to pick up. You're trying to get, like, special abilities, other things like that that can help improve your character. At that time, is a great time to tease the main villain. And if they're not a villain, just the antagonist, the opposing force to the players. Tease them then. Maybe they, they're in the city and they see a speech going on by you know this villain her he she it whatever maybe they get into a tussle and the big baddie does show up to take care of things and gives them a good you know kick in the ass cuz they're really strong but doesn't outright kill them it's just like hey i'm putting you in your place deal with it you know maybe they arrest him or whatever i'm putting you in your place now they know who they're dealing with and also it makes it personal especially if it's some sort of accusation against the players they're arresting the players they're doing something that immediately kind of intersects what the players are trying to do at that moment. Now they're like, okay, who is this fucker? Like, why is this person trying to mess with us or trying to stop what we're doing? And then as time goes on, they learn, oh, that's, you know, the evil king. Or that's a noble who has a stick up his ass. Or turns out that was a demon in disguise. Like, there's something going on there that's bigger. You already got them hooked because you already got their attention by a simple – Little act build off of that, and then as they get in levels, they can start working against the big bad. Now, like now that they're level sevens, the level eights, they have access to magic items, they have contacts, things like that. Okay, let's you know, what can we do to kind of fuck with this guy? You know, if this big bad king is big and bad, maybe we can take out some of his forces, or maybe we can raid you know, the lauder whatever it is that they keep the food in, like, you know, maybe there's a few things they can do to disrupt the king and what he's trying to do, which isn't necessarily taking him down, but there is that opposing force. And on the other side, okay, now the king can push back what they did, like, okay, hold up, I'm not happy with what you just did, I'm going to fight back. Give that some time and then definitely allow for some dialogue to happen, like, it doesn't always have to be conflict. Like, recently with my one campaign, this big war just ended between these two sides, and the leader of one side, which the players know who he is as a dragonborn, they've had issues with him before, calls really quick for like an armor stance and says, hey, let's let's do a quick meet, you know, a quick meet and just have a quick talk between the two leaders. And so he did. He showed up to have this discussion, and the players were present for this whole discussion that was going on. And what that allowed to happen is it built that tension because the players, you know, one of them like she said, she was, like, she was anxious. She was on edge the entire time because she saw the one guy, Green Tooth, that they know is a very powerful enemy. So she was really like, if anything goes south, we might all die because he is here. And then on the other hand, they're like, what can we do to find out more about what these guys are trying to do? Because now that it is currently a peaceful moment where there are no troops, there are no armed guards. It's just this leader, that leader, and they're talking it out. What can we figure out about this conflict? Is there more we can understand about the antagonists, our opposing forces' goals, to possibly undermine it and get a leg up on the situation? Do that as, as they hit level ten, level eleven, you can start playing around with those ideas where maybe this king, this opposing force, is like, okay, my, our, you know, my tactics haven't been working. Let's meet. You know, we already know each other from past experiences that's the other thing that the the big baddies since they interject what the players are doing like at level three a little bit he or she knows who the players are and they know how to contact them so it opens up that dialogue of like you have a session where it could be five six hours of role playing of they have this meeting and then when the meeting's over whatever happens happens like okay we know what they're you know we have an idea what their plan is what are we going to do to stop this the players start building up that idea of what is it we have to do because then it's it goes to the DM to do a lot of improv at that point or just have notes ready. Like You don't need much planned then because wherever the conversation goes based on what the players do, immediately the players are going to build off of that because when the players say something and then the antagonist says something back, you have this dialogue going back and forth. You can't predict how that's going to end. And if you try to predict how it's going to end and you kind of force this ending to it, it's not going to feel natural. Like it's The players aren't going to be bought into the conflict because they're going to feel like, Hey, whatever it is we were trying to do, whatever we like, if we were trying to egg the guy on to piss him off, or we were trying to come to a peaceful resolution, it didn't matter because this ending just happened and it seemed forced. You don't want to do that. You want to be ready that when the players are done talking to the big baddie, they're going to follow up on that and you can't predict the outcome because you know, you can know your players, yes, but you won't know how your players interact with the main conflict when it's presented right in front of them. With kadesh in my campaign i knew how shin was going to react shin was going to be like fuck me this guy's strong take him down like don't worry about anything else this guy needs to go down right now and the other two were like uh okay i guess like going back to the idea of being forced it was kind of forced their decision like okay we have to take kadesh down they weren't sure why because they never met this guy before but they were just going off of their trusted companion Now that all three of them know who Kadesh is, it won't feel as forced to say, like, okay, let's take him down. Or it won't feel as forced when, they're like, let's – okay, there he is. Let's plan something out to assault this stronghold to take this guy down because we know what we're dealing with. And since I won't force – as a DM, I'm not trying to force anything on them of how to go about to take him down. It can then build naturally. I'm going to have more work in the end because depending on what they do, they might do something I didn't initially anticipate, and now I have to – Change the encounter or modify something with the stronghold. I will have to change a few things based on it, but that way the players are impacting the conflict. They are handling the conflict the way they want, and therefore there's a much bigger buy in. A player has a great buy in when they're able to do what they want with the game. That's why open world games, you know, like GTA like Breath of the Wild, stuff like that, these games that allow it to be open-ended and the player kind of takes it on how they want, takes on the main conflict how they want, that's why those games are so popular. That's not to say that a standard, pretty much on-rails campaign that says you go mission one, mission two, mission three, mission four is not enjoyable. They are for their own reasons. The big open-world games have great enjoyment for the idea of just, you kind of handle the conflict how you want. And since D&D essentially gives you the opportunity to be a huge, big, open-world experience like Breath of the Wild, like GTA and the sorts, let it be that way. Let your players take the conflict on how they want, because they are buying into it Then they feel like, yes, this is a conflict that we we have a stake in, you know, that if we don't do something, something will happen, either to us or to someone we know, you know, because they, they've developed this idea, this connection with everyone around them. And now we can fast forward. We hit up, like, level 14, level 15, level 16 with like the high-end levels. Maybe at that point, you want them to take on the big baddie. Maybe at that point, they finally say, okay, time to take on this person and finally end this conflict. Or, in my case, with the campaign I'm running with my friends, Kadesh isn't the main bad guy. He is just, like, top lieutenant, right-hand man, however you want to call it, like, second in charge, to this demon prince. So when they take down Kadesh, the next step is, is everything taken care of? Is there no more demons here? Like, everything's kind of calm? How are we going to move on now and handle this demon prince? Or how are we going to help Lucius get rid of his connection with Valaine and free his soul? Or, because I now have teased another conflict, there's a disease spreading, and one of them, the fighter, caught this disease. How are we going to go handle this disease? You know, now that they've dealt with one of the conflicts, we can sew it into another conflict. So you can interweave them. You can have a big bad who then has his underling, and the underling has been kind of playing around with you a little bit. Like, you know who the big bad is because experience is at a low level here and there, some interactions. But the main thing is the lieutenant, the right-hand man, whoever. And when you finally take him out, okay, the next five, six levels can be building off of that and taking care of the main villain, the main baddie. Because then around, like, level 18, 19, that, that's the time to start wrapping things up, I feel. like The game goes to level 20 in the player's handbook. You can keep playing after that and homebrew it and figure things out for additional levels past level 20. However, at that point, for the most part, a level 1 to 20 campaign takes a long time. and at the, And then you're kind of starting to run out of steam. It's like, okay, the main conflict's done. Yeah, in a living world, there's always conflict. There's always things going on. But do we really want another one? Like... We just want to handle whatever this central theme was, this central conflict was, and now relax. Enjoy the fact that it's taken care of. And that's something I'm really eager to see my players do in the form of Kadesh. When they finally take down this demonic knoll, take that minute to breathe. Like, you know, we're going to take a whole session or two of just relaxing, dealing with the aftermath, doing some role-playing, handling a few things like... There doesn't need to be any more combat. Like, they just handled a massive issue. Breathe. You know, when, if you have multiple conflicts going on in your campaign, especially big ones that involve combat to resolve them, let the players relax for a session or two. I'm not saying, like, in real life, give it six months between, the, you know, for the next time you meet. You know, you can still do your weekly, monthly, or whatever it is meetings, but just make the next few sessions like, how do you guys feel? What is it you the players want to do? Like, okay, the guy's dead. The woman's been defeated. Whatever. How do you want... Like, what do you want to do now? And odds are they're going to be like, I'm going to go buy a guild hall, or I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to get drunk. Like, they're going to do something that a human being would do once they're done hailing something horrible to soothe back. And then with that, you can give a whole session of just having fun and BSing with your players. And then the next session... You beat us a little bit, and you tease something else. Maybe you tease something about a new conflict that ties into the overall story. Maybe you tease something that was a conflict they were working on, like they took out the lieutenant. Now time to take on the big baddie. You tease, what are you going to do now with that? And then we can start getting back on track. The players had their chance to kick back and enjoy life for a little bit. Let's get back into things. When you, because if you keep pushing your players, they're going to get burnt out constant combat or constant conflict in the form of debates will burn people out if they don't have the chance to enjoy the player the character that they made you don't want to be there you don't want to like no one likes being stressed out in life constantly like people like to have their days off hell i got a three-day weekend right now as a teacher and goddamn, i'm loving it like i'm finally getting back into miniatures and building terrain and stuff like that i'm loving it it's nice to have a breather Give your players a, cha- a breather in the game. You know, even though it was not the best idea for the players to relax for a day before they hunt down Kadesh, I wasn't going to stop them. Like, you know, you guys deserve it. You finally got Shin back. You're finally a group of three again. Enjoy it a little bit. Handle conflict like that. If you're a GM, try and handle like conflict like that going forward. If you've never tried before, I recommend it. Get a campaign going. Have the players start as a low level, and you tease the baddie now and then. They meet the big baddie who maybe he's playing as a nice guy. Maybe he arrests them or you know something happens that they just – they get hooked on who this guy might be, but you don't spill that it's the main antagonist. You just do something that gets their attention, whether they like him or they hate him. So you start to think about who is this person and what can they do for us and what can we do for them, and then you start – building off of that, like, start building off of, oh, well, this thing happened, or that thing happened, stuff like that. I think a game that handled it very well was Dragon Age Origins, which I mentioned in a earlier, earlier, earlier episode, with Logain. Like, you meet Logain in the very beginning of the game, you see the cutscene of him betraying the king, and then the rest of the game, you never interact with the guy. There's cutscenes so you know what he's doing, and you deal with some of his underlings and his forces trying to stop you, and that really hooks you on gain because you already met him as a low level when he could have easily kicked your ass if he wanted to fight you, but he, you don't. It's all dialogue. So you bought him like, okay, who's this guy? Then you learn out, okay, he's a traitor, but he's still in power, so now we got to stop him. How are we going to go about doing that? And then everything you do builds up to that, and the player's bought into that. You get really engaged with what's going on because you know the end goal of everything we're doing is to fuck up Loghain and remove him from power, and then deal with the blight, which is the other conflict going on. It gets a little rushed after taking care of Logan at the landsmeet, and then taking on the blight. It's it's the end of the game, so it's back to back real quickly. Overall, those stories handled very well for that reason. The conflict slowly builds, and you just get you get hooked early, and things go on that you're doing. Give your players a chance to do that in your next campaign. Hook them in, and then give them little things here and there that either they're Fighting back the villain or the villain is fighting back to them through means that aren't necessarily direct. Sabotage, hiring lackeys, whatever. Try it out. Have some fun with it. I think it's a great way to run a game. And that's going to do it for now. Uh, Real quick, if there was this really weird jump you heard around the 25-minute mark, uh, for some reason, my laptop decided to go into sleep mode while I was recording right then and there. I really don't know why it's an old laptop. And as per my rule that I made in the very beginning when I started doing these podcasts was I'm not going to touch editing. I'm just going to leave it be. So I'm just going to leave it be and have fun with it. I think it's fine. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I want to see where this d d stuff can go. I feel like some of these previous episodes has been me ranting about d d which I'm not complaining about because I love D&D. And you as the listeners, I let me know. Like, I, I do want to hear from people like my you know the emails, YouTube, whatever. I like. I want to hear from people. Tell me what you tell me what you're thinking. If this is good or bad, and we'll see how much further we go with this. Because essentially, I could do this forever because I got a lot of D and D stories, and I'm currently running two D and D campaigns. So there's plenty of stuff to milk with. No, yeah, we'll figure it out. But now, enjoy, relax, kick back. Heck, tomorrow is Veterans Day. From our, it's Veterans Day, right? I don't. There's something going on tomorrow, Monday, that I have off from school, and I think it's Veterans Day. And if you have off, you know, enjoy it, thank the troops and the family, you know, yada yada yada, the normal stuff for this time of the year with the holidays. Have fun, take care. I'll figure something out for next week, or let me know. Give me suggestions. All right, take care.